Hello and welcome to Embody, a safe place where we discuss what it really means to be fully human in today's modern culture. We aim to explore the embodied practices that help support our nervous system regulation and responsiveness, which is fundamental for improving our health, promoting healing, balancing our hormones and ultimately our happiness. I'm your host, Michelle Major, and for over a decade I've been developing and delivering stress management, well-being and emotional resilience courses to a wide range of organisations and students. In addition to my accredited training academy, I also support clients therapeutically from my private practice on the north coast of Northern Ireland, as well as online. I am passionate about breaking the stigma and misinformation surrounding women's mental health through a trauma-informed lens. I am so delighted to connect with you. Let's dive in, be curious and courageous together. And a very warm welcome back to part two of my conversation with Lisa Day-Young. In this episode, we talk about periods, burnout and rest. And our conversation kicks off with how it ended on the last episode. And that is we are chatting about the resignation of New Zealand's Prime Minister, Jacinta Ardern. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And if you do enjoy it, please do subscribe and like the podcast, as apparently this really helps in terms of visibility. Thank you so much and enjoy the conversation. It's a high type of intelligence, isn't it, Michelle? Like She's obviously very in tune with herself. She clearly yeah. knows the job very well. She knows the expectations that it has and the system that it's in and she's able to make that very discerning decision for herself and you could see like in her in her talk that she gave she was clearly very upset about it like she had grief there but Absolutely. that's like a normal response to making that difficult call for herself like she was choosing herself but that doesn't mean that decision is easy often yeah. there is grief involved we do miss out on things if we're not trying to do it all exactly um, but it's like an amazing role model. I, I totally agree. And I was like sending that clip to my friends and on, on WhatsApp and saying to them, yeah. like, such good self-care, like modeling, yeah. you know. <laughs> it is amazing. I just wish yeah. that we had more of that. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, I don't know about you, but that that was part of the inspiration uh, and motivation behind this podcast is to have more real life humans <laughs> to um yeah to reflect back what it is to be a human being and I think when we connect with our nervous system that for me anyway has been a huge part of this is what makes me deeply human and how I relate to people is is very different now because Mm. of that awareness Mm. um yeah yeah I love that it is it's it it is about being a a flawed human being with a certain level of capacity and that's why I love this menstrual cycle work because um that capacity for energy and you know showing up in the world versus coming back to yourself will ebb and flow every week um and so it's a it's when we practice it's called menstrual cycle awareness when we track the cycle and get to know who we are week to week and our needs around it 
um, at least a lot of what I see in myself and in, in my clients is more compassion, you yeah. know, more compassion towards my own PMS symptoms and how they show up. And um, maybe I do have, you know, more need to rest some days and other days and that's okay. That's just part of being a cyclical person. Yeah. Who also has endometriosis, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can can I ask um, if it's okay, Lisa, to ask how is your endometriosis um, at the minute? Yeah, of course is you can. Okay? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, it is. I'm well. It's not so much the endometriosis that I focus on anymore. I realized recently. I I um, see a therapist once a month as part of my own work, and because of the work I do, it helps me in in my you know my process. And I've been speaking to my own therapist a lot about the, my relationship with endometriosis. And what I've realized is I have spent a lot of years focusing on like endometriosis as opposed to my relationship with myself, you know, okay. with it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like um, I don't actually know how it is because it's been two years since I've had surgery um, and my symptoms will be different every month. I'm very lucky in that I'm not someone who gets symptoms outside of my menstrual phase. There's a lot of people who have symptoms with ovulation. That would be a big symptom or bowel symptoms with their bowel movements as well, or painful sex. It's a very common symptom too. Mm-hmm. They're not symptoms I experience. What I experience is more um, is chronic menstrual cramps, really, really bad period pain, mm-hmm. and then fainting and an immune sort of an autoimmune reaction to that mm-hmm. um and so it'll depend month to month so in november i had a painful experience but then december and even january i was relatively okay even though i'd been eating more inflammatory foods you know at christmas yeah. um so there isn't like i don't ever really know how it's going to be but um what i am better at is learning to trust myself that when pain does come, I know what to do and how to look after mm-hmm. myself, you know, because mm-hmm. I think I don't want to be in this hyper-focused place anymore, which is what yeah. I had been for a long time. Sure. Um, but now I feel like, okay, I can, I've been through this so many, I've been around the block, you know, I know this well. And as I get older, like the cycle changes, you know, as we know, and um, therefore, your experience with your hormones is going to change and any symptoms will also shift and change. So endometriosis will too. Um, so right now I'm, I'm doing pretty well actually. And my fear of pain is, is much more manageable. Mm. And, um, I feel quite relaxed as well in my pain management and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I also, I'm better at giving myself permission to lie down and rest and take, mm. you know, if I have to move a work call, it, you know, that's the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm. generally that's a long answer to your question, but generally I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I really love that piece of giving yourself permission to rest. And I think that's so, so important, especially for the nervous system is this piece around rest, which again, you know, if we were to listen to culture and society, it's it's the opposite. Mm. You know, we're we're kind of conditioned to do more, be more, and and be more productive and par through. And so it really is quite a radical way of um thinking and being, isn't it? When mm. you shift and allow yourself permission to rest when you feel you need to rest. Yeah. And the yeah. difference and the impact that that makes. hundred um, percent. Like I know for me, 
um, I used to, I used to have this thing where I'd have to like get all the things on my to-do list done so that then I could rest. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, I realized I was doing that. I was like, now I'm like, can I just let things be not finished? Can I let the dishes be there for a while? Maybe I'll do them in the morning, you know, not a big yeah. deal um, as an example. Um, yeah. Or can I take things off my to-do list and go for a walk or meet a friend and different ways of resting? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think when 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 people sometimes hear the word rest, they associate it with lying in bed, like doing <laughs> doing absolutely nothing. And of course, that is one way that we can rest. But there's many, many, many ways that we can bring rest into our, our nervous system. Yeah. Like, as you say, going for a nice walk, chatting to a friend even taking some time out from social media is a form of rest. Mm. And so there's lots of ways that we can give ourselves rest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love thinking about it like that. Cause yeah, sometimes I would need more, like I need, I need to do move my body, like go for a walk or something. Yeah. Um, or I need to rest my brain and like just move my body. Cause I do a lot of intellectual work in my, in my work. Mm. My brain is on a lot of the time. Yes. So that's like, yes. I do have to, to create space for, to rest my brain. Um, yeah. And then there's times where I need to rest my body too. So yeah, it's a, it's a mm. lovely thing to think about. Cause when you think about it, like the way you say, Michelle, like you get all these ideas, don't you? Of different ways oh, of totally. resting. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, the, the other curiosity that just came into my head was um periods and exercise or movement I prefer to call exercise as movement because it just I think it feels a lot more um what's the word I don't know it just sometimes when I hear the word exercise it feels like um pressure or like mm. another thing that I have to do for, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. even though it's self-care I can feel like oh my god I have have to exercise it's <laughs> like that's the good thing to do um but when you know when we reframe because language is as we both know is hugely important um so movement and um can you maybe talk a little bit about different you know the different cycles that we have in our menstrual cycle uh, are the different stages in our menstrual cycle and perhaps what sort of movement might be beneficial for us at those phases um and I'm, I'm actually thinking of my sister here because she 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 loves the gym like really really loves the gym and she's interested in um you know, maybe when you have your period and you're just feeling so exhausted and so tired. And uh, for me, I get a hormonal headache. So I really have to go very easy with myself on those first few days of my cycle. Um, but I can imagine that there are perhaps women out there who feel similar, but because of the gym membership and because they're committed and because it's January, and they've made these resolutions, they push themselves to go anyway. So, yeah, I was wondering if you could talk a bit about that. Yeah, well, I think you've answered the question. <laughs> 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 well, no, it's a good, it's a good, it's a really good thing to think about. Um, so the, like I said before, you have, we have different phases in the cycle hormonally. So the first half of the cycle, the first two weeks generally are, 
um, estrogen dominant um, in terms of the hormone. And that is called the follicular phase. And then we have ovulation and then we have the luteal uh, phase, which is progesterone. And so when you're say, let's just take um, a few days after your period. So Hmm. we'll come back to the menstrual phase in a second, but a few days after your period, you might still be menstruating a little bit, but you'll, you'll not have that headache. You'll, you'll feel more Mm. energy. You're you're not really in the period cave as such. Mm -hmm. So that's what's known as the inner spring. You're coming into spring in terms of the um, archetype or the metaphor of that Mm. to, to describe the energy that's where your estrogen is starting to pick up. You do have more energy. And so you might have an example of exercise that you could do during this time would be a little bit more cardio and you could start lifting weights and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really is like something for you to trial yourself and mm. figure out what works for you. I know when I do cardio during this time, I feel quite light in my body. I don't feel that weighted feeling yeah, yeah. so that spring and then coming into summer same thing a lot more energy for anything really any kind of exercise but I would need more kind of cardio or lifting type of stuff mm-hmm. and then as we move into the premenstrual phase when progesterone is higher and um, what's happening there is we have less capacity for intense cardio and intense um lifting so if you're if you are doing a lot of gym work and you're not seeing the same ability or result in mm. that premenstrual phase as opposed to the phase after menstruation. Mm-hmm. Don't be hard on yourself. That is very much a proven hormonal like reason for that. And so to just take, you know, take it more gently, um, maybe do some more stretching, some more yoga. Yeah. It is good to keep moving. I think movement, yeah. as you say, like it's a, such a great way of including all the different different types of movement people can do. Um is really important and so good for all parts of our health and, and as is rest, right? So, mm. you know, rest time, recovery time, um, and the menstrual phase, especially in maybe the day before menstruation, which can be very vulnerable for some people, uh, the day of, you know, first couple of days. And if you do experience pain, just really just be curious about what your desires are, what would be pleasurable for you. It could be some mm. really a gentle walk, some stretches, um maybe just a little dance anything really mm. you know um mm. or maybe it is the gym and that's that's okay too but just to mind yourself that you're not expending your energy that's very low um just to achieve this sort of like outcome that's not realistic with your capacity in that day you know mm-hmm. um and when we start to be really conscious and mindful of our energy with our menstrual cycle. You know, it might feel like you're resting more, but then what's what's happening is you are compensating for the rest that you do do. So if you take the foot off the pedal, say in menstruation and the premenstrual phase, you will have less burnout than in the spring and the summer phase of the cycle. So there is a compensation that happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a future impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're preventing burnout because what I see in my work is when people are really going hell for leather in the premenstrual phase, in the menstrual phase, because of culture and society or pressures, um, they it's very common for people to experience burnout in the spring and summer, and that will present differently. So it could be physical burnout, but it could also be social anxiety, anxiety, you know, low libido, Mm. um, lack of motivation, a lot of procrastination, Um, lack of creativity, things like that. Yeah. Crazy type of response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
which is a sign of burnout, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the 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 word that was coming to mind just as you were sharing um about movement and the cycle and um was support. So, you know, what's what supports me or what will support me right now? And um I know that a lot of the listeners will have children and will be working and um might be thinking rest is impossible. Mm-hmm. Like how can you rest when you're working nine to five and then you're coming home and you've dinner and you've um homeworks and bedtime and you know there are all of these constant pressures and um we also know that um through research that 75% of all unpaid work is done by women worldwide. Mm. So we're not only doing a job and getting paid, but we've all of these unpaid jobs that we do outside of our our working day. So for any listeners that are listening going, oh my God, like, you know, that rest just seems impossible. I know we've touched on it a little about how rest can look very different. Um, It doesn't have to be lying down. But could we maybe speak to those listeners and perhaps offer some suggestions about, you know, what rest might look like for a really busy, yeah, really busy person? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So I will say, I will acknowledge that I am not a mother. So... I'm just going to name that I'm going to speak from experience of my teachers and my clients who I've spoken to about this topic, as opposed to my lived experience. Um, so one of my teachers, Alexandra, she talks a lot about this 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 1% being the 1% tiny change that you can make in the day. So as an example, and this is for you to think about what could your 1% or 1%, you know, pluralize <laughs> those 1%, yeah. um, what could it be? So it could be uh, something as simple as giving yourself permission to have a takeaway once in a while. Mm. You know? um, mm-hmm. Like what you were talking about there, Michelle, like support, like thinking, making a list of people you could ask to help you with whatever it is that you might not that you need help, but you could do with help. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you would benefit with help. Absolutely. Even from your children, if they're old enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, Even just when you were saying about the takeaway, what was coming to my mind was the nights where you just do a freezer meal. Mm-hmm. You just whatever's in the freezer, you just stick it in the oven. Yeah. And that's, it's one of those days you're like, do you know what? It has to be easy. It has to be something that doesn't require a great deal of thought or effort. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for that because I think that gives your body the chance to rest. And um, even though it mightn't be the most nutritious meal in the world, I don't think that's a huge big deal, you know, because if you're getting rest from it, that is really, really healthy and nutritious for you to rest, you know. Absolutely. Mm. I agree. I think frozen peas are good for you. <laughs> so, you Pardon? Know, frozen peas are good for you. <laughs> <laughs> My mom used to make like fish fingers and fish fingers and frozen peas when we were kids often enough, actually, now that I think yeah. she had four kids. Like, so I yeah. remember these, <laughs> these frozen meals. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like to go back to, yeah, just to think about, and, and also to think about like, what can you take off the to-do list? I, I do that mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. in my work. Um, or what can I, what can I outsource? What can I, you know, if you do have disposable income, what can I pay someone to help me with? 
Um, or how can I work towards that? Um, asking for help. Um, saying, you know, you might have said yes to social engagements at the weekend. Um, giving yourself permission to cancel or to leave early, you know? Yeah, I love that. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Mm. And I think as well, what, what came to mind as you were sharing was lowering the, you know, the expectations that perhaps we have of ourselves as well. Um, yeah. Is just letting ourselves off the hook and just giving ourselves a little bit of compassion as well. Yeah. It's always helpful, isn't it? hundred percent. Yeah. I have had to get better at that myself as well, Michelle. And um, it is a game changer, isn't it? When you, when you, cause it's like, you'd speak to your friends like that, wouldn't you? You would, Absolutely. if your friend came to you and, and even having friends to share with, like having a, even just one person who you can share vulnerably and honest, honestly with about maybe you're really struggling with parenting and you might feel guilt around that or you might feel shame around that and but it's a really common thing you know and mm-hmm. it's really really normal but to have a safe space where you can you can just share those feelings with a good friend or a family member or maybe a professional support person or a support group or something like that um can emotionally be really really helpful for you yeah yeah absolutely mm. absolutely so yeah there's 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 themes coming out of this podcast, isn't there? Um, rest, mm. resources, support. Um, so perhaps we'll end with, um, if it's okay with you, Lisa, just telling our listeners a little bit about how you could support them further if they were needing or wanting to get in touch with you. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, so I have a website. It's uh-huh. lisadeyoungcoaching.com. Um, Michelle will put it in in the notes. Yeah, no. Thank you. Um, and then Instagram. And I have a podcast from Pain to Power. And then if you want to work with me, I have uh, courses on my website. I do one to one coaching, and then I also have professional training for anyone who who's interested in working integrating like cycle cycle awareness and trauma informed work into your professional practice. And so far, that's 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 what I got. Yeah, that's loads. (laughs) Lisa, thank you so, so much for taking the time out to speak to me today about a topic that I'm very passionate about. And I'm just so pleased that there's people like you in the world helping and supporting women specifically on um, on this. Um, I'm 43 now, so I might be heading towards the pre um premenopausal stage although I haven't had any symptoms as yet but I'm very interested in that mm. and I'm also interested in the link um between the menopause and again our nervous system and how mm. we how we metabolize that cycle as we head towards it so um perhaps we'll have more conversations later on down the line Lisa absolutely thank you so much michelle and big congrats on the wonderful podcast Ah. i'm excited to hear more yeah (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much lisa bye bye